You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor. Other than the internet itself, it's hard to imagine anything that's changed society in the past 50 years more than social media. And that goes for business and our business, marketing. You got to go where the eyeballs are, where the conversations are happening. And for better or worse, that's social media. But even today, businesses and B2B businesses, perhaps more than most, still struggle with creating and maintaining a social media channel. I think typically why just, you know, you know, like, why are people overthinking it? I think being risk averse is one thing because there's a sense with social that it's very fast. It's very changing. There's lots of trends. You know, people don't want to, people don't want to, you know, take the wrong foot in the wrong direction because, you know, then it can be really embarrassing and, you know, at best you get some egg on your face at worst, you know, you could have a little bit of a PR gaffe, you know, and end up with some headlines. But I think generally speaking, I think that like B2B brands, you know, it's been identified then that like having a bit of personality, being a little bit more stretching their boundaries a little bit, there's huge inroads to be made. That's Kat Anderson, head of marketing EMEA at Sprout Social. On this episode of the B2B Nation podcast, Kat and I are going to talk about why some organizations struggle with social media how to determine the right platforms for your social media efforts, social media KPIs, and more. Welcome to B2B Nation. Kat Anderson, welcome to B2B Nation. Why don't you take a couple of minutes and tell us who you are and what you do? Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for having me join today. My name is Kat Anderson, and I am the head of EMEA Marketing at Sprout Social. As you can maybe imagine, this role Uh, encompasses quite a lot of the different branches of marketing. So a lot of revenue marketing, brand marketing, growth marketing, product marketing, the whole kit and caboodle um, with a focus obviously on the EMEA region. So I'm sure you have heard of Sprout. So Sprout is a social media management software that offers really in-depth social media management, social listening. It's a really powerful tool. But my job is to make sure that our gorgeous marketing that um, comes from our HQ in Chicago and our offices in Seattle, we make sure that it really speaks to the audiences in this part of the world and on this side of the Atlantic. So it's super fun. All right. I feel like a lot of companies out there still struggle with their social media strategy. There are, especially in the B2C world, some really well companies that do it really well that I think have kind of captured Uh, the imagination. And then people say, well, why can't you just do that in B2B? But what do you think causes companies to struggle with the social media strategy? Are they overthinking it? Do they put the responsibility for social outreach in the wrong hands? What's going on? Yeah, I think this is a question that comes up time and time again. And it's, it's the million dollar question, isn't it? Like there is such a disconnect between how B2C and B2B approach social and kind of approach you know, the more digital marketing channels right across the board. I think there is this pervasive notion that just because you're working in a B2B company that 
it's a little bit more risky to show personality. Um, and certainly this is something that we see with B2C companies, you know, on social, a lot of them adopt, you know, really, really strong personalities because, you know, they can be cheeky, they can play with humor and consumers absolutely love it. Whereas it's a little, it feels a little bit more risky to do that when you're a B2C or a B2B, I should say. I will encourage your listeners to check out there was a really great report that was released earlier this year with LinkedIn and their B2B Institute and so that was like it was a think tank report where they basically analyzed a whole pile of B2B marketing techniques and how they actually provide value for the business and they within this tried to identify areas of opportunity And the big key takeaway was that creativity and like, you know, this sort of emotional led marketing, this has huge, huge rewards for B2B, but we're just not, we're just not utilizing it. We're not taking advantage of it. And people are a little bit scared to do it. I think typically why just, you know, you know, like why are people overthinking it? I think being risk averse is one thing because there's a sense with social that it's very fast. It's very changing. There's lots of trends. People don't want to take the wrong foot in the wrong direction because, you know, then it can be really embarrassing. You know, at best, you get some egg on your face. At worst, you know, you could have a little bit of a PR gaffe, you know, and end up with some headlines. But I think generally speaking, I think that like B2B brands, you know, it's been identified then that like having a bit of personality, being a little bit more stretching their boundaries a little bit, there's huge inroads to be made. Um, Do I think it's in the wrong hands, social? Absolutely not. I think a lot of the times people used to think about how social media would sort of be thrown to the intern. You know, 10 years ago, it might have been like the intern's going to manage the social media channels. And I think the more savvy companies now realize that. And like, let's be real, especially during the pandemic, when everybody turned digital, all of the shop fronts, everything, you know, real life interactions were gone. This was a way that you connected with people. I think people started to really, really invest into their social media strategies. And it's no longer something that is just tossed to the intern. I do think typically social media managers, you do find that they are people who've got a real finger on the pulse, um, creative types. And that can be difficult within a B2B uh, company to get sign off internally. But no, I think the right people are are at the helm. It's just trying to get everybody else on board, I think. Do you think company size has anything? Do you see trends along company sizes? I've worked with vendors big and small in content creation for years. And, you know, larger vendors, there's more layers. And mm-hmm. social doesn't work that way. You can't have your post go through rounds of reviews all the way up the food chain, right? It's kind of like the yeah. moment is here, you make your post, you go. So do you, do you see company size playing a role in kind of who is able to add that personality factor and who, who doesn't? One million percent, Mike. Like, a, you know, absolutely. So enterprise you know, an enterprise business, as you say, is way more multi-layered. If you compare that to a startup where everything is a little bit laced with risk anyway, you know, they have that agility. Usually you have maybe just like one person on the marketing team who's kind of doing everything. Uh, When you've got more to lose, when you're at that enterprise level, it is way, it's just much, much, much more difficult to be agile. Um, So yes, I see that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we see it in personal 
social, even personal business social like LinkedIn, there's a ton of SaaS marketers who are all over LinkedIn talking about what they're doing and what they're trying. But when you look at kind of the enterprise tech companies and B2B, you don't see quite as much conversation going on there. So I always thought that it was was related to risk and who's going to read this and what are they going to think uh, as it kind of goes up the food chain. Yeah. And I think it's a real shame. I totally agree with you again. I think it is a shame because I'm going to say such a buzzword here, so you have to forgive me, but relatability and uh, authenticity, I think, are things that people like. You know, we like to see people being vulnerable online, um, you know, and sharing what their challenges are and, you know, maybe what went wrong. I think that's really interesting in a B2B context and especially from individuals. I think there's people like Alexis Ohanian, I think is a great example of somebody who I would say probably went very much against his internal comms people to share a lot of the stuff that he has over the years because he's very authentically himself. Um, And people really respond really well to that. But again, to your point, if you are an individual and, you know, you're, I don't know, really high up in a really huge enterprise organization. Again, there is more risk to sort of saying like, oh, this this project was a disaster and let me tell you why and let me tell you what I learned from it. Even though I think, I I firmly believe that there's a lot more to be learned from sharing what has gone wrong sometimes and things that you find difficult than things that have always gone well and that are a roaring success, a board of success. Tell me about what you've learned in the difficult moments. So there are so many social media platforms out there today. I'm not even going to try and put a number on it because <laughs> probably be one launched while I'm doing so. And then, <laughs> um, B2B companies obviously gravitate toward LinkedIn. We just kind of talked about that. How should businesses figure out which platforms to focus on? Should they try and cover as many as possible? Do you test and, and go from there? It's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. <laughs> and I agree. I it's so funny. Like it has definitely happened to me in the past six weeks where somebody said to me, Oh, what do you think of this new social media platform? And I haven't even heard of it. So I totally agree with the velocity of new platforms. It can feel really overwhelming. And again, I sometimes think that as feedback that we hear all the time from our users and our community is that people who maybe aren't totally au fait with what you should be doing on social, but they know that all these channels are there. A lot of social media managers are under pressure to be on all platforms and to be viral on every single platform. In my opinion, and also in certainly what I've seen in my career, I don't think that that is the best route to go. I think it's always interesting to have a think, you know, it's just basically basic marketing 101 and understanding the channels where your audience are likely to be. So again, one big thing I think is very important to remember with B2B marketing is that although it feels different from B2C, ultimately you are still marketing to people, you know, Um, and people are on these different platforms. Uh, There are really easy SKUs that you can use to help you understand which platforms you should be on. No, it's not absolutely comprehensive that you will only get generation z on tiktok and that is definitely changing but tiktok is a platform that's you know more skewed towards a younger audience so maybe if that makes sense for your business 
have a think about going there. Um, similarly, it might be that, you know, TikTok again or YouTube, very well known for video. And if for whatever reason, having a, vis- a very strong visual identity is really key to your brand and business, that those seem like the right platforms to go to. I think understanding, you know, I think it's you should approach social in the same way that you approach addressing your marketing strategy like right from you know day zero understand who your personas are and figure out where the correct matches are likely to be you know you might as well seek out success um and you know innovate and experiment a little bit on those platforms and then once you've got established on the platforms which are making sense and you're achieving whatever goals it is you want there that's when you can maybe think about okay let's go on be real which is the newest platform i've heard of but like I really don't know how B2B will exist on, on Be Real yet. So that's exciting. That's something that we can tune in for in six months. <laughs> are, are they insinuating people aren't real on the other platforms? Yeah, well, I think they are, <laughs> aren't they? Like, I feel like, uh, but I've heard so many stories about that already where people are like waiting for their moment to be like, ah. so it's kind of already people are, you know, staging their Be Real a little bit, but uh, yeah. Yeah, of course they're saying that because people aren't totally real, you know? It's uh, I think whether you're a business or you're an individual, social media is still kind of the highlight reel. It's the it's what you want people to see. Um, it's not oh, totally. the whole thing. Uh, so we talked about all the different platforms. You've got platforms that cater not only to different audiences, but different content types. So you mentioned TikTok, obviously, for video. You've got the Instagram sort of image-based. You've got good old LinkedIn text and links and images. So it kind of takes away the, I'm going to write one post, and then I'm going to use software to distribute it across all the channels, because if you do that, it's not going to work across all the channels so what are the best uh what are the best kpis what are the most important kpis to consider when you're trying to measure the effectiveness of your social media so i do think this kind of i'm going to give you a really annoying answer here mike it totally depends on what your i would say your overall goals are so there are people who will be chasing virality you know they want to go viral they want to have those moments in the press they want all of the trappings of that side of social media, which I do think is what a lot of people think success on social is. It's going viral. But that is definitely, definitely underlined, emboldened, not the case. I think success on social can, you know, it looks lots of different ways for lots of different people. It could be that, you know, you are trying to build a network um, and, you know, growing your followers in an organic way you know, in a way that is not just like buying 10,000 followers, but like growing your followers could be a really important KPI for your business. If that aligns with your goals, if it is about distribution of thought leadership, if that you want to establish yourself as a thought leader in the space, you know, maybe you have a look at shares and engagements then. I think, yeah, it kind of really, really does depend. We do have, I'm going to be very cheeky and plug our podcast. We have a podcast called Social Creatures, where we actually explore this very topic, because I think so many people approach social media kind of wondering, what is success? And how do we even, how do we achieve it? You know, because again, in a world where you only see success stories all the time, it can feel quite disheartening when you, you know, fire up your Twitter account and you only have a few hundred followers and you just think like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I don't understand what to do. 
So what we do in the podcast is we just have real life stories talking to all sorts of different institutions, to different businesses, um, and try and understand like, you know, what success has looked like for them and, you know, have a real warts and all conversation about how they got there. It's really good. I'd give it a listen. <laughs> As we look at the current economic situation, I've been asking marketers who join us here on the podcast, how do you plan on changing your tactics for a down economy? How does social media fit into marketing's plans when the economy slows down? Yeah, I mean, I think this is such an unfortunate reality that's facing absolutely everybody now. Um, we're obviously, I feel, unfortunately, at the cusp of potentially quite a long downturn. Um, but I do think social is a really interesting tool to have in your arsenal in moments such as these and again I think this was something that was seen by loads of businesses during the pandemic and um, when a lot of other marketing channels became less available or you know the prices went really really high or even things like traditional you know out of home marketing just suddenly were not useful anymore Social is sort of a great leveler because, of course, you can have a, you know, a paid strategy on social and that's totally fine and also makes a, a lot of sense. But it also does reward people for, you know, having great content and um, having consistency where you don't have to have a, an enormous budget to do this. It's more about like having the ideas, having the consistency, having the strategy around how you will achieve your goals one other point to that as well, which I just personally think is really appealing about social is that from Sprout's perspective, we sell to SMBs right up to enterprise, everyone in between. Like there is no business on this planet, which will not benefit from having a strong social strategy. And it is the great leveler. We see frequently like really small SMBs having absolutely incredible social followings based on having just like really good relevant content, they really understand their audience. They really are intentional and thoughtful about the stuff that they put out there. Um, and then of course we see enterprises who maybe aren't doing so well and they really don't have a clue what to do and vice versa. You know, it is the great leveler, I think, and it doesn't really matter how, how big your budget is because ultimately on social, if you don't have the really great content or, you know, if you haven't really figured out who your audience is and what they want, it's going to be it's going to be a harder slog but once you figure out that magic formula figure out what your usp is like what what is it that you can offer on social i think there's there's huge opportunity to really stand out attract new audiences attract new customers you know build your network and that is something which doesn't rely on budgets so you can still do it for free which is hopefully a little a little shining light of hope <laughs> to anyone listening Free catches everybody's attention, especially when you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. The question we ask just about everybody who comes to visit with us here on B2B Nation, what is your favorite tool? And Kat's rules are the same as just about everybody else's rules. She can't say Sprout Social. Others can because they're not marketing it, but she can. And <laughs> you can't say your phone unless you're citing a specific app. So what's that tool for you, Kat? Okay. So am I allowed to give a couple of answers? Absolutely. Give a couple? Okay, brilliant. So from a professional level, so I have two for professional and two for personal. From a professional level, um, I 
uh, it's not very sexy, but I love LastPass. So it's a password manager. And I just find it's like, I feel super secure. It's across all of my devices and I never really have to think about anything. And it, look, it's not sexy, but it's so convenient. Um, And, you know, I, you know, touch wood, have never had any issues with my data being breached. I also would consider myself a creative. And with that come all the trappings of being maybe a little bit badly organized at times. So I really love, I really love monday.com, which is the name of the actual piece of software, which is a little bit confusing. Um, but it is a, a project management software that's kind of been created with sort of artists and creatives and designers in mind. I find it a lot more uh, easy to use and things like potentially Jira, things that have been maybe created more with an engineer in mind. I just think monday.com is absolutely beautiful. And so I love that. From a personal point of view, I really love, I love this app called Splitwise, which is really good if you're going on like a group holiday or something and you want to make sure that one person isn't just going to foot the bill for everything and you can put all of your expenses in. I have that with my partner to make sure that I'm not the only one getting the groceries. And then I also love an app called Revolut, which is based here in Europe. And it will do, it's basically a prepaid card that you get and you can control it with your phone and you can do currency exchanges. You can send money to people. I think, I think I'm not, I haven't seen Venmo. We don't have Venmo over in Europe just yet, uh, but I think it might be something similar to that. Super convenient and just really, really handy. Sorry, I really, loads. I have loads of apps that I love. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the best thing about LastPass and other tools that do the same thing is their ability to create a password for you because you're never going right. to come up with the password that's as complex as theirs is. And as long as you've got it saved in there and you don't actually have to remember the 15 number letter special character thing it gives you, it's like, here's a really good password and you didn't have to come up with it. Yeah. Because the weak so chain good. in passwords has always been, how, what am I going to come up with that I'm going to remember? Exactly. And, and that's exactly. how you end up with password being a password. <laughs> yeah. Your last name being a password. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, it's so good. I, as I say, it's, that's not very sexy, but it is very helpful. <laughs> I think if you're my age, the convergence of all of the different passwords with all of the different rules they need to meet and how long they last before you have to reset them I think if you're my age, they kind of come together in this. Is it the passwords or am I just getting old? I don't, I don't remember what, <laughs> what am I supposed oh, to put in the box, right? Like, no, you gotta have a different uh, password that, for everything. <laughs> uh, that's nothing to do with age at all. Not uh, at all. I think that's a universal experience of awfulness. <laughs> thanks for making me feel better, Kat. And thanks for appearing on B2B Nation. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Kat Anderson from Sprout Social for joining us on B2B Nation. Follow B2B Nation from Technology Advice on LinkedIn and take your marketing to a new frontier. Thanks again to our Technology Advice team, Amy Dunn, KJ Pace, and Hunter Hill. Mnemonics in the Guild wrote our theme song. We'll catch you next time on B2B Nation.